2: You can like us on Facebook. You can subscribe to the podcast on iTunes, on Spotify, on Google Podcasts, wherever you find podcasts you will find at Locked on Packers, the number one Packers podcast in the state of Wisconsin. And the show for fans who know what happened, they want to know why and how. Today's episode is brought to you by Brewtown Trading Cup. Brewtown is the number one destination in Wisconsin for buying, selling, and trading sports cards and memorabilia. And they're giving away Bears Packers tickets. Check them out on social media or stop into their store for more information and to sign up for the tickets. Just tell them I sent you Brewtown, home of the hobby's biggest hits. The Athletics' Bob Sturm is going to be on the show a little bit later to talk about the Cowboys, but a lot to get to in terms of news coming out of Wednesday and now into Thursday a couple major developments. Number one, it looks like Michael Gallup is going to play after all for the Dallas Cowboys, and that is a big boost for their passing game. It would have been very easy for Green Bay to say, Jair Alexander, when Amari Cooper is on your side, you have got that guy. And if he is not on your side, then it's going to be Kevin King or Josh Jackson and safety help and force someone else to beat you. The problem with that now is Michael Gallup is a legitimate secondary receiver. Had developed very good chemistry, as Marcus Mosier said yesterday on our Crossover Wednesday show with Dak Prescott after, you know, some issues in that first season for Gallup, where Dak Prescott could not find him down the field uh, with a compass and and a map, but. the offense changes with him in the game because they can beat you now at all different parts of the field and so if he can go and Kevin King can't that complicates the Green Bay defensive plan now Montrevious Adams was also back on the field for the Green Bay Packers which is a potential major development in their run defense Dean Lowry, Tyler Lancaster, Fidal Brown, Kingsley Kiki and even Kenny Clark last week got pushed around to have that kind of size and beef and strength would be a pretty big deal for this run defense. They need Montrevious Adams out there. If for no other reason, then you need to be able to spell Kenny Clark. You need to be able to spell Tyler Lancaster and Dean Lowry. And, and Montrevious Adams is going to start if he can go in all likelihood. But to have a rotation where you're moving fresh bodies in and out, that as much as anything else is going to buoy your run defense. So getting back to full strength for this defensive line is a big deal. Oren Burks continues to practice in a limited fashion. We'll see if he's able to go. That would bring some beef to this run defense and the, the defensive front as a whole. Will Redman is practicing in, in a limited fashion coming off the concussion. And just the fact that he is, he is limited means that he is moving through the concussion protocol uh, in a positive way. So. You know, I, I think we'll expect to see him cleared before the game. And that is also good news if Kevin King can't go because it allows Josh Jackson to simply slide in, play corner. And then you don't have to worry about, okay, is Josh Jackson a safety? Is he a corner? Where is he playing? What is he doing? And, and then the, the other major development with the injuries is Brian Bulaga. Brian Bulaga practiced uh, on Wednesday in a limited fashion. It looks like he is going to be ready to go. If he's practicing limited the rest of the week, he's going to play. They need him. To play he can't not play because this this defensive line for dallas especially on the edges is too good with demarcus lawrence and robert quinn now they need to be at full strength with the offensive line if it's alex light that's a problem slide billy Turner out, put lucas patrick in i don't know if that's a great plan but i think it's a better plan uh but i, I think brian bulagi is going to play in this game and i wouldn't rule out devontae adams uh, I, I know that there was the reporting that that he was not expected to be ready to go. That was Monday from Adam Schefter, but I just I wouldn't be surprised if we saw him active. We saw him out there, even just to be a decoy. I mean, there are a lot of times when we we've seen big time receivers with these kinds of injuries. Julio Jones played through it and was really more of a decoy, but just his presence out there would really be a, a boost for this offense. And then more news. Uh, The Packers claimed Tim Williams, former Alabama pass rusher, Baltimore Raven, and I think this reflects more the fact that Kyler Fackrell may not be good to go this week, but it's also, you know, Milt Hendrickson came over from Baltimore in the offseason. You bring in Zadarius Smith. I mean, there have been a number of ex-Ravens to come through, and this is another one. I don't think anyone should expect Tim Williams to come in and play meaningful snaps right away or come in and be an impact player. He may have to come in and play some. But he is not going to come in, certainly be an impact player. This is someone who in three seasons has two career sacks. Never really part of any kind of meaningful rotation. And, you know, just a, kind of an underwhelming player. Came out a little bit older, had some off-the-field red flags. And you hope that kind of stuff is behind him. But, you know, there, there was some talent at Alabama. He's got an explosive first step and quickness and is a solid athlete. And so, you know, there's, there's some things to like there. But he has some of the same problems Kyler Fackrell does. Not great against the run. Uh, can get pushed around in the run game. In fact, I think you would see him more in in obvious passing situations, dime situations, maybe in some of those double a gap mug looks as a blitzer. That could be fun. He has the the size and and athletic abilities to be moved around a little bit. But I don't. Again, I don't think anyone should think that he's going to come in and suddenly be a meaningful part of this rotation. He was a player though that Green Bay fans were asking for when that draft came around because of the pass rush ability and because of Nick Perry's inability to stay healthy. I mean, there were a lot of fans that that wanted Tim Williams, and now here he is. But there is, you know, this, there's a lot of good news in, in the injury report for the Packers. Unfortunately for them, there's there's more good news for Dallas with Michael Gallup, and, and we still don't know you know, where Kevin King is, uh, Jake Kumro sounds like he is good to go. He says that shoulder is back to 100%. And that is something as I was going back and watching as I did last week, you know, I felt like getting some feel for how Matt LaFleur faced this defense. The Titans played the Eagles last year. The Titans played the Cowboys last year. So we have some film now of, of how these things can go. And I went back and watched and and I, you know, I, I predicted Green Bay would take the approach that Tennessee did. There was a lot of throws. They they did not play balanced ball, which is outside of Matt LaFleur's character generally. And, and even with that, uh, they found success. Now, against Dallas, it was more balanced. They ran the ball uh, more often than they threw it. But part of that was, you know, they had a lead most of the game. They won 28-14. And that was with two fumbles from Marcus Mariota. They got a fumble and interception uh, in that game as well. And so even if you take out some of that stuff, you'd say those two turnovers are a wash. It was a net zero turnover margin. Uh, Marcus Mariota outperformed Dak Prescott. The, the Titans defense, you know, they held Zeke Elliott in check on the ground, but he still went for, you know, 112 yards. On twenty plus touches and and really was a factor in the game, but they couldn't but they couldn't get much going against Tennessee. And and I think the Packers' defense right now is playing much better football than than Tennessee's defense last year. You know it's going to be a good test, but I think we're we're going to see a game plan from Matt Lafleur that involves two running backs. Now whether that's Aaron Jones and Danny Vitale or Aaron Jones and Dexter Williams, we'll see. Uh, I think this is an Aaron Jones heavy week get him in space, get him in part of the passing game, uh, feed him the ball in the run game, and and go to work that way. Uh, there was a lot of interesting things to take away from the way that Matt LaFleur handled Dallas last year. Uh, not as much play action as we're used to seeing. It was a lot of shotgun, shotgun runs, but a lot of just traditional sort of shotgun sling it with Mariota, which was also how he handled the Eagles. I think that that fits what the Packers want to do with Aaron Rodgers, certainly what Aaron Rodgers wants to do. And there is also a blueprint here for, for Matt LaFleur to try and win a football game in Dallas against a very good defense without star receivers. Corey Davis is a nice player. I thought he'd be a better player by now, but he's not. And he was not a huge factor in that Cowboys game. They were able to get meaningful snaps from a cadre of, you know, replacement and sub-replacement level receivers. Nine different Titans caught passes in that Tennessee game without having to do anything that extraordinary. I mean, this is a week for the jet sweep. This is a week, a week for bubble screens. And, you know, if they have trick plays. But, but you know, the Titans didn't do that. So maybe Green Bay won't either. Maybe they just trust their stuff. And there were plenty of receivers open. Mariota was 21 of 29. I mean, he found guys. Eight yards and t- an attempt. And he was able to extend plays and create. He was able to create with his legs. If Dallas is going to play a lot of single high safety and man coverage, Aaron Rodgers is going to test them. And he's going to test them deep, I think, more than Tennessee did, especially because I think they can protect him. So I think there's definitely some instructive parts of, of that game. And, and they can use a similar approach if their defense can, can get a stop. The way Tennessee's defense was able to, and again, I think this is a better Green Bay defense, then I think they have a chance to be able to go into Dallas and get a win. And if you want to win when your team wins, the best way to do that is to put a little cash down on these games. The best way to do that is at my bookie. No one gives you more ways to win than they do. MyBookie has the fastest payouts and the best lines in the business. Don't forget where you're betting is just as important as where you're betting on. And MyBookie is the best in the business. They've got live in-game betting, the best player perks in the business. And right now, when you go to MyBookie.ag and use the promo code LOCKDOWN, so this is for my listeners. Use the promo code locked on and they will double your first deposit. I say this every time. Sportsbooks do not generally just give money away, they are giving you money just for giving them some money. So it is free money. You don't have to place a bet. They just give you money. MyBookie.ag, promo code locked on and they will double your first deposit. At MyBookie, you play, you win, you get paid. Fresh and clean, so you can too. There is a light at the end of the tunnel, so treat yourself for making it through quarantine with the Lawnmower 3.0. Get 20% off plus free shipping with the code locked on at manscaped.com. That's 20% off with free shipping at manscaped.com when you use the promo code locked on. All right, let's get to Bob. Uh, he is, I found out by the way, originally from Sun Prairie, Wisconsin, which is just tremendous. So he is, in fact, a Wisconsinite. We got to the the, the bottom of that mystery there. You can follow him on Twitter, at Sports. He does absolutely awesome work covering the Cowboys, and I am very happy to welcome him to Locked on Packers. Bob, thanks for coming on. Peter Reoplin. So this is a very interesting time for both this, this Packers team and Cowboy team, each coming off losses, uh, the Packers coming off a loss to an NFC East rival for the Cowboys. As you went back through the Dallas game against New Orleans and and the offense not really looking like the team we saw the first three weeks, was there anything that jumped out at you in terms of what went wrong for this Dallas offense against New Orleans?
0: Yeah, two things uh, I, I think are top of mind, and, and one would be the the uh, idea that Kellen Moore was going to change a lot about this offense. It was clear for all to see for the first three games, but those were very low stress situations, relatively speaking, for the National Football League, and so you had uh, an awful lot of new look. To this offense and it made sense and it was beautiful and then they were at the top of the league rankings in just about all the numbers this game was more of what the jason garrett reputation has become over the course of a decade which is at high pressure spots they get a lot more careful offensively they look a lot more risk averse and uh, more uh, content to punt the ball back and not really impose their will So that was number one. The play calling caught a lot of people off guard. And then number two that went along with number one was just inability to push the Saints around at the line of scrimmage. Uh, The Cowboys fancy themselves of having an elite offensive line. They certainly pay for an elite offensive line. they drafted Mm -hmm. for one. And so when they could not do much in the middle uh, between the tackles with the highest paid running back and the highest paid offensive line against uh, Sheldon Rankins, Malcolm Brown, uh, David Onyemata, Cameron Jordan, Marcus Davenport, that crew from New Orleans, uh, it it really unsettled the entire team and, and, and frankly, the fan base. Uh, They're not expected to have that happen very often. I don't anticipate that would happen on Sunday against Green Bay. But in that setting, in that loud Superdome against that very stout defensive front in New Orleans, uh, the Cowboys could not run the ball even against six man boxes, and that that really shocked them.
2: Yeah, and and both those groups that you mentioned the the Cowboys offensive line and Packers defensive line are coming in after getting uncharacteristically worked over a little bit in Week Four, and I, and I think both of them are going to come in pissed off. And in a lot of ways, the the winner of that matchup feels like the winner of this game. Uh, you wrote something for The Athletic where you highlighted a group of plays. It was basically Leighton Van Der Esch versus Alvin Kamara. And Leighton Van Der Esch is a player the Packers really liked coming out of the draft, uh, an outstanding athlete and a guy who immediately became a star linebacker for Dallas. What kind of advantages does having Jalen Smith and Leighton Van Der Esch provide this Cowboys defense? Because it seems like they're able to do almost whatever they want against any kind of offense simply because they have two guys that can do so much for them.
0: Yeah, that's a great observation because uh, I think if you go back to the 2017 matchup between Green Bay and Dallas, and I want to say the week after that, the Rams came in back before the Rams were the Rams very early, Sean McVay. And in both games, the Cowboys lost at home, I want to say both times, lost while scoring 31 points. Uh, So I think it was 35-31 to the Rams, 34-31 to the Packers. And in both cases, it was strictly because their linebackers were exposed. And at the time, it was Sean Lee, uh, Anthony Hitchens, Uh, they were having trouble uh, matching up against the to find uh, young running backs in this league who can get out into the flat and do damage. Aaron Jones, as you recall, had a huge day in 2017 at the AT&T Stadium, and so did Todd Gurley, and it was just attack, attack, attack against the Cowboy linebackers. So their initiative clearly was to address that in the 2018 offseason, and uh, part of that was just allowing Jalen Smith to further recover and then to take Leighton Van Der Esch in the first round. And I, you know, I was a little bit suspect about Van Der Esch being top 20 pick quality uh, out of Boise. He had a small body of work. He wasn't the most physical linebacker ever. He was, you know, being compared to Erlocker with measurables, but I just didn't see the same physical edge. And I have to tell you, I, I, I really feel foolish now having that initial take because watching Van Der Esch now, uh, he. Batches up against everybody. He can do whatever you want. He can play power. He can play speed, uh, quickness. Uh, he's got no problem in the flat by himself uh, against the run, against the pass. He's, he's a very, very impressive linebacker. I'm not sure he's Keekly or Bobby Wagner, but I'm also not sure he's that far away. And maybe by the time he's 24, he's up on top of that uh, pedestal. So uh, he's, he's really been a game changer. And Jalen Smith as well not probably not the same top level of quality and i still think you know physically he's somewhat limited but that pairing is such a vast improvement over what the the packers saw in 2017 in their trip down here that that would probably be the most significant
2: difference yeah and and you know i have to say i was right there with you with leighton Vanderash the measurables uh, even surprised me because he didn't he didn't always play like that at Boise and certainly did not play with the physicality that we see now I mean credit to him for for really getting a lot better Uh, I want to go back to something you said about Jason Garrett and this reversion because what we saw on Thursday from the Packers was when the when the run game wasn't working Matt LaFleur basically said okay Aaron Rodgers just go do Aaron Rodgers stuff and they, they yeah. took the approach that Mike McCarthy often took, and that was, all right, time to go shotgun, time to go 11 personnel, and time to let Rodgers cook. And he did. And and they were two goal-line uh, missteps away from tying or winning that game. That is uh, you know, something that I think we'll see a little bit more of moving forward. They're trying to mold offenses there with the Matt LaFleur approach and what Aaron Rodgers does so well. How do you think... Uh, the Cowboys will set about trying to slow down an Aaron Rodgers that suddenly looks like the guy we're used to seeing.
0: Well, yeah, that's that's a, a great topic as, as this game breaks down. And, and, you know, the way I see the Packers right now, uh, it's that annual hold-your-breath situation with Balaga and, and and Bakhtiari in terms of health. They're both so vital in holding up the edge and pass protection, as you know. And mm-hmm. now with Robert. You know, the Cowboys really have something going in their pass rush in the last two weeks. They're, they're getting a sack every uh, 9.8 uh, pass attempts, which is uh, a pretty bonkers rate relative to what we're used to around here in Dallas. And they're also getting some sneaky pass rush inside from Malik Collins. And uh, if you add to that what they can normally do on nickel downs, their pass rush is formidable. and, and the Packers will be challenged there. The other thing in, in watching Green Bay this year, it really feels like they're a playmaker short. And, yeah. you know, Devontae Adams is unbelievable. I, I, I certainly don't know what level his toe is going to allow him to play on Sunday, if at all. But, uh, but but you know, just in terms of what's around him, uh, they, they, they really, you know, to me, it kind of looks like what they miss most is a guy like Randall Cobb. Mm-hmm. Uh, certainly there's, there's there's a number of reasons why Cobb is not back in Green Bay, probably not the least of which is, you know, Paycheck and the uh, willingness to take less money elsewhere. Uh, there, that's just a human emotion amongst athletes is if they're going to take a, a haircut, it would be at a new address. And uh, he's perfect for Dallas, and he seems to be exactly what Green Bay is missing. So I, I wonder if they the, the Packers can make a living off 11 personnel shotgun let's just let Rodgers be Rodgers that that's very reminiscent of what the the Cowboys tried in 2011 through 2013 with Tony Romo uh and you know it it was eight and eight each year but they had unbelievable offensive numbers during that time but but you really got to have more than just an x receiver uh that you can roll coverage to you got to have some some alternatives that are really damaging, and I and I fear Jimmy Graham and and Allison and and, and you know Valdez Scantling. I just I, I I wonder if they would be a candidate in the uh, around the trade deadline to to perhaps uh, you know go look around at some of the teams that have fallen out of the race to try to aid Rodgers in that offense if that's what they're going to have to do.
2: You are speaking Packer fan language right now. Uh, they are enamored with Emmanuel Sanders and Devontae Parker. And I, look, I think you're you're astutely pointing out the, the need for that secondary playmaker, at the very least, someone to emerge. You know, I think they, yeah. they think that MVS has that ability. They really like Robert Tanyan, the tight end. They really like Jay Sternberger, who's hurt uh, and unfortunately isn't on the field to help them there. They found a way to get Jimmy Graham going. They ran some interesting three tight end um, route combinations against Philadelphia that that worked to some effect, I guess. All right, we're going to get back to Bob in just a second. But before we do, let's talk about DoorDash. Treat yourself to the meal you deserve and have your favorite restaurants come to you with DoorDash. Right now, our listeners can get $5 off their first order of $15 or more when you download the DoorDash app and enter promo code LOCKEDON. Listen up, Packer fans. Here is your opportunity to win free tickets to the Bears-Packers game week 15. This game could be for the division, and Brewtown Trading Co. wants to send you and a buddy for free brewtown is your number one destination in wisconsin for buying selling and trading sports cards and memorabilia here is how to enter you can go to brewtown store on 76th and cold spring just off 894 in greenfield to receive five entries to win when you mention locked on packers while you're there check out the shop they're always stocked with the hottest releases of wax from tops panini and Upper Deck. Plus, they're always interested in your unwanted sports cards and memorabilia. They're always having events. So follow their social accounts for the latest schedule. Use the Locked On Packers hashtag on the Brewtown Facebook page or on Twitter for another free entry to win tickets. Not local? Check out their live breaks on Facebook or have them ship product directly to your house. Again, Brewtown Trading Co. located just off 894 at 76th and Cold Spring in Greenfield and on Facebook and Twitter, Brewtown, home of the hobby's biggest hits.
1: Matt Williamson brings the Scouts' perspective to the Locked On NFL podcast.
2: we got to talk 2018 quarterbacks. Josh Allen has the best quarterback record aside from Lamar Jackson, but the lowest But his deep ball passing is like the worst in the league.
1: Hear Matt with co-host Brian Peacock every day on Locked On NFL. Subscribe or follow today wherever you get your podcasts.
2: All right, back to Bob. Uh, I'm very interested to see how they attack this Cowboys defense because they had found some success going heavy personnel and throwing the ball. This is something that Dallas has done effectively too. And, and I'm wondering uh, if you think that that is going to be part of the plan here to get Zeke Elliott going, to play with Blake Jarwin and Jason Witten on the field. And, and after what Dallas watched Philadelphia do with two tight ends to Green Bay and some of the holes they opened up in the run game, if, if the plan is just going to be, all right, let's get back to two tight ends, running the ball with Zeke Elliott, play action, and just basically trying to out-muscle Green Bay.
0: I think this game screams that. And, and, you know, sometimes the build up to a game does not necessarily predict what's going to happen quite as well as the actual game materializes. But man, if, if I've ever seen the recipe for the Cowboys to really, really try to gash the Packers with, with 12 personnel and just follow that Philadelphia recipe, but follow it at home, uh, where the Cowboys uh, seem to be able to establish the line of scrimmage a little bit better, uh, you know, and, and then the play action. I just am not convinced Green Bay has the personnel to win in in the trenches. Uh, and and you know what? There's there's a lot of wisdom to the way uh, the uh, roster together up there because this is a passing league, and and you know against eleven personnel. I really like Green Bay's defensive uh, uh, matchups, but, boy, we're seeing early on, whether it be Minnesota or Philadelphia, that, that you can run on Green Bay and you can put them in, 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 in bad spots. And, and one way to do it is is pretty much just to make them stand up between the tackles against the run. And, and you know, I – the question would be this, in my opinion, going back to the Saints film that that uh, Green Bay can look at, and he's a fantastic center when healthy, but of course he missed all of last year with a serious yep. illness, and, and, and I can't imagine he's anywhere close to his normal form just based on how poor he looked on Sunday night against Malcolm Brown. Uh, Brown's a nice player. But the Patriots obviously let him go because he was pretty one-dimensional against the run. Uh, he absolutely had his way with Frederick up front, and and I I wonder if you know the Kenny Clark matchup will will trouble the Packers. I just you know it's it they, they seem you know like I said they seem a playmaker short. They also seem a linebacker short, and and that will be a real question against the run because if I'm if I'm Dallas, I'm in twelve personnel a ton. And, and I know it will annoy Dallas fans to, to quote, you know, pound the rock. But I, I, that, that really feels like the recipe. Now, at that thirteen, when Matt Flynn came down here and got the most unlikely win in football history, probably, mm-hmm. uh, the Cowboys that day ran for, I want to say, 7.5 a carry. So, they, you know, it wasn't Zeke, of course, but it was DeMarco Murray. The Packers had no, no chance of stopping the run and uh, I'm not even sure they were interested in stopping the run. So the Cowboys ran for 7.5 a, a carry the whole day. We're up 26-3 at the half, 29-10 late in the third, and somehow still lost that game, which is, uh, like I said, one of the craziest losses in Cowboys history and, and, and certainly grounds to fire a coach right uh, right in the locker room after the game. But but uh, as you know, Jason Garrett is still the coach of this team.
2: <laughs> yeah, the, the Packers really should have taken uh, multiple Cowboy coaches down in the last ten years. I was I was actually I remember being with with my family at the game in 2010 uh, for yeah. for that dismantling. And uh, I, I, I'm I'm sort of fascinated with your idea of I'm um, uh, are they even interested in stopping the run because Mike Patton he played small against the Philadelphia yeah. Eagles. Now part of that is because Dallas Goddard and Zach Ertz are dynamic receiving threats. Um, you know, all due respect to Jason Witten, he's not that guy anymore. And, and Blake Jarwin, uh, for as cool a name as that is, he, he can get up the scene, but he's, he's not Zach Ertz. Right. So I'm fascinated to see if indeed they come out small, we'll have an answer to that question. He just will not care. Mike Patton about stopping the run and only care about buckling down on third down and in the red zone. That was where green Bay came up short in the red zone, four for four for the Eagles scoring touchdowns in Dallas is the number 1 red zone offense in the league scoring touchdowns they're averaging over 6 points a red zone trip which is crazy they're basically automatic right. in the red zone so i'm uh, i'm wondering you know where the defense is going to stand on that and and that dovetails with just sort of an aside that i'm wondering from your standpoint it has been an off-season talking point this established the run idea where where do you where do you stand on all of this do you do you think the running game week to week over the course of a season matters that much?
0: Well, I, I, I will tell you, I'm a, uh, I call myself an analytics uh, centrist. So I, I, I know it all. <laughs> I read it all. I, 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 love to learn and I love to hear other viewpoints, but there are many, many things in this, uh, advanced uh, statistical world we live in, in the NFL, where I'm still a bit cynical and I, I still, you know, suggest that, uh, every coach in the, in football history is not harder than all the football coaches. That said, I recognize, you know, the, the, the fact that the running game is, is, is nowhere near as valuable as many football coaches think it is, at at least statistically speaking. Uh, so, so I, I am, am definitely in the camp that believes Taking a running back number four overall and then paying him ninety million dollars is not a smart play. I uh, absolutely do not believe in that. And I thought the Cowboys were smart when they let Demarco Murray walk after twenty fourteen. Uh, and, and I, you know, we don't know what would have been different if Tony Romo would have stayed healthy. But I suspect. They would have had plug-and-play running backs behind an offensive line that drafted first-rounders at, uh, at tackle guard and center between 2011 and 2014, and they probably could have put any replacement-level running back back there and been just fine. Zeke is far better than a replacement-level uh, level running back, but now it becomes shades of gray and uh, and, and resource allocation and all of these conversations we all love having. I absolutely think the Cowboys have spent uh, misspent their assets in this regard, but I also have to admit that they are all affected by the 1992 to 1995 Emmett Smith Dallas Cowboys, mm-hmm. and there many, of, many of them were here, so they follow that blueprint. They're trying to recreate that. They're trying to, you know, get back to the island, if you want a lost metaphor, and uh, re- kind of recreate the like magic, and, and I don't know that the NFL uh, lives there anymore, in fact, I'm pretty sure it doesn't in watching the Chiefs and the Rams and the Patriots and the Saints play. So, so it's, 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 a, it's a long conversation to say I think that uh, the Cowboys are probably going with an antiquated philosophy, but it is very much their philosophy, and there's no sign that anyone, uh, Jerry Jones, Stephen Jones, Jason Garrett, Will McClay, I don't believe any of them think that they are doing the wrong thing. They believe they're, they're building a power. They seem to be building a power mostly homegrown and, uh, and and you know they have a very very talented team that should be an NFC contender this year but make no mistake. They don't think there's anything wrong with running the ball on first down.
2: I love the idea of Jerry Jones as Jack from lost saying we have to go back
0: <laughs> I, And uh, you know a nice beard as uh, he, he smells of desperation but uh, you know it, it's, 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 a, it's, a, it's a really good roster. Uh, and, and a very talented football team. And the Packers are going to have their hands full, to say the least. But uh, it does it does make you wonder uh, if they are flying in the face of the advanced evolution of the National Football League.
2: This has been great, Bob. I really appreciate you taking the time. Absolutely, sir. Anytime. All right, I want to thank Bob again for joining the show. One of Truly one of the best in the business. I've uh, been following his work for a long time. And uh, you should follow along, too especially this week. So check out the stuff that he does. We're going to be back tomorrow. Full injury report as it comes out. We'll probably learn that Devontae Adams is going to be a game time decision. That would be my prediction. Uh, We will have a live show, Periscope. Check me out there. Uh, A lot more of you watched than I thought would watch, to be honest. I mean, like thousands of people watched which is pretty crazy to me. Uh, So thank you for doing that. Uh, I I highly encourage it. It's a lot of fun. And we're going to continue to do that every Friday. Uh, Somewhere around that 4 Central, 5 Eastern time zone is when, you know, usually we get the injury report and and have a chance to talk about it. So we'll take questions there. uh, And we'll see what what comes out of that injury report. I I think it is going to be an enormous factor in the outcome of the game because, There are some major players, some players who could have meaningful impact on the outcome are are very much in doubt and in question for this game. So tomorrow's show is going to be a very important one as we look forward to Sunday. Remember, you can subscribe to the podcast on iTunes. Leave us a review there. That would be very helpful. Uh, Subscribe on Spotify if that's your preferred podcast app, Google Podcasts, wherever you find podcasts, you will find Locked On Packers. Follow me on Twitter at Peter underscore Bukowski. Follow the podcast on Twitter at Locked On Packers. Go find the writing that I'm doing at ACME Packing Company at Packer Report. That would be much appreciated. Go sign up for Packer Report. We're making it really easy. Sign up for one month and you get I think three months free right now. Don't quote me on that. I'm pretty sure it's buy one month, get three months free. Basically, you sign up, you get the whole football season. So we have a tremendous cast of of writers, so Uh, I highly recommend you do that. And anytime you want to hit us up on the Locked On Packers fan hotline, you can do that, 920-341-3775 to stay Locked On Packers.
1: Thanks for listening to the Locked On Podcast Network, but why stop now?